Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues today on the topic of perspective shift. We'll be focusing on Acts chapter 13, verses 44 through 52. Let's dig in. As we come to today's passage, we've been following Paul, whose name was Saul, through the beginnings of a journey with a friend of his, a co-worker, co-laborer, whose name is Barnabas. And essentially what they've been doing is they've been going from city to city, to the synagogues, to the Jewish synagogues there, and preaching, teaching, sharing insight to Judaism, which is something that would have been normal in those days, uh, and even today. Jewish congregations and synagogues are are known for being academic, are known for being inquisitive, are known for being centers of learning and open-mindedness. And so this would have been normal, but Paul is bringing a message that is (laughs) a bit abnormal to the ears of many people. It's a bit crazy that the Messiah, who had been foretold in the books of their scriptures for hundreds, thousands of years, arrived, ministered, and left. And for many people, that would have been revolutionary. What, the Messiah came, or or this individual was the Messiah? Well, the individual that Paul and Barnabas is talking about is Jesus. And so Paul has been preaching in this city, but there has been... um, There's been a little bit of pushback to the message. And there's going to be a little bit more today. Verse 44. The following week, this is the following week. He spoke the previous week. They asked him to come back and speak. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. Now, this would be seen by most, if not every preacher, every congregation as a enormous win. Paul has been there once preaching and teaching on the Sabbath. Now he's going to be here a second time a week later in order to continue the conversation and the dialogue. And now, this time, so many people have heard about what's going on and what's being said that the city turns out. They'd be counting numbers today. The church that I grew up in would have would have recorded that and, and would have hung their hat on on the number of people, the the entire city, except It's not the entire city. Almost the entire city. I think it doesn't matter how many people are a fan of you. It doesn't matter how many people are happy with what you say and what you do and how you live your life. It's never going to be all. There's always going to be that, that almost, that remainder, that smallish group of people who 
to start on board. Oftentimes it's not even rational. It's it's not even it's not even logical. They're just simply against you. It doesn't matter what you say or what you have said. It doesn't matter what you do or what you have done. They're just simply opposed to you. Therapists will tell you that really is more of a commentary on them than it is on you. Doesn't feel good though, does it? We want to be liked. We want the entire city to be our fan. Not almost the entire city. And it's usually that, um, it's usually that almost that is the most mentally taxing on us. We can have 99 people love you, be supportive of you, encourage you. But it's that one person that doesn't that gets under your skin, that you lose sleep over, that causes you a great deal of grief and tears. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't be that way, but it is what it is. And today we look at the almost. And when some of the Jews saw the crowds, when some of the almost group saw the crowds, they were, and here is the operative word, jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. So see, it wasn't based on theology. It wasn't based on any practical concerns. It, it wasn't based on whether or not Paul was a valid messenger None of those things. It was simply based in jealousy. This is grade school playground material right here. I just don't like you. Why? I just don't like you. But the reasoning behind it is, is because they're jealous. They're jealous, perhaps, of Paul's authority. They're jealous, perhaps, of Paul's magnificent beard. They're jealous, perhaps, of, of Paul's ability to communicate well. They're jealous, perhaps, of Paul's background. They're jealous, perhaps, that Paul has the support of the rest of the city. They're perhaps jealous of all of these things, because usually jealousy isn't limited to one thing. It's simply they're jealous of everything, but usually it's power. Usually it is the power and influence because of that power that an individual has over their people that drives jealousy. So when they see the crowds and they see people coming to listen to Paul, they were jealous. So what do they do? Well, you see it right there. They slander Paul and argue against whatever he said. The sky is blue. No, the sky is not blue. The sun is bright and warm. No, the sun is not bright and warm. The grass is green. Well, it's brown right over here doesn't matter. They argued against whatever he said because it didn't matter what he said. This happens so often in churches and this happens so often in Christianity and people will hide behind lies that they think will turn other people against you. Not out of truth, but out of jealousy. This causes people to walk away from the church. It's a new term I learned not too long ago, actually. Darvo. 
deny, attack, reverse victim and offender. This is the tactic for the almost crowd. To deny that they're doing anything wrong, to deny their jealousy, to attack, to attack an innocent person, to attack with things that are mistruth, that are slander, and then to reverse the victim and offender. After the attack, pretend, oh, we are the victims. We in the almost group are the victims. This individual, Paul, is, is the offender. It's textbook. And sadly, it's textbook in churches and religious circles, and it shouldn't be. But it has been going on for a really long time. And if you've ever suffered or endured this under the almost group, first of all, I get it. I've been there. And I'm sorry. This isn't of God. <laughs> no matter what position or title or, or, or role they hold, no matter what position of influence or, or how powerful or, or anything, it's jealousy resulting in slander and darvo. And, and it's not okay. And the church shouldn't stand for it. But oftentimes it works, which is why it's textbook and it's been done for 2,000 years and continues to happen today. So if you're following God, if you're trying to do the right thing, trying to be a good person, keep your life in order, trying to, to be a Christian, a little version of Christ, you're going to be attacked by good religious folk. I cannot believe I just did the air quotes. You're going to be attacked by, by people who present themselves as agents of the church, as agents of God, as agents of religion and good and spirituality and wholesomeness. You're going to be, you're going to be attacked by these people. And I, I wish it weren't so, but hey, it happened to Paul. It happened to Jesus. I mean, let's just be honest. Good religious folk took Jesus out of the game, right? If you're following God, Darvo is going to come to your door. I'm sorry for smiling. I, I'm smiling because it's so ridiculous, but it, it happens. And I wish I had some advice. The only advice that I have is, is the advice that, well, I think Paul's going to give us in just a moment, but, uh, I'm sorry. And it's not okay. And for what it's worth, if you're being attacked by good religious folk, then you can count yourself among Paul and Jesus. And this probably isn't worth much, but but hopefully it's validation to you that, that you're on the right path. That you've done some good things. If you're being attacked... I, I posted yesterday on Facebook if... Um, if a religious influence in your life tells you um, tells you that you should do something for your own good, it's probably for their own good that they're saying it. Um, it triggered a few people. Got some got some feedback on that one. Um, people who practice Darvo. 
people who are in that almost crowd aren't going to like you standing up for yourself and not being under their power and control. You're not following them. You're following God. And though they say sticks and stones may break your bones, people's words do hurt. But hang in there. You know what Paul and Barnabas do in response to these things? They spoke out boldly. It didn't cause them to speak out less. It caused them to speak out more. And I love that. You have a choice how to respond whenever you have been slandered over jealousy, whenever you have been attacked over mistruth. You have a choice in how to respond. And I'll tell you, what most people do is they end up leaving. They end up shutting up. They end up giving in. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday who, who this happened to them in the middle of a, of a church congregation. And, and the, uh, the church essentially silenced them. You can't speak to our people. We're going to remove you from the church. You can't talk about it on social media. Really? It's a common tactic of the almost crowd. You're not required to do that. There's a lot of discussion right now in spiritual circles over um, abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse that's happened in, in certain sectors and places of the church. And one of the common tactics and responses is, is to silence it, to try to protect the church's image or to try to protect people from, from being saved. People need to be saved from those churches. People need to be saved from those individuals. The, the greater danger in those instances isn't that they won't be saved from hell. The greater danger in those instances is that they won't be saved from those congregations and those pastors and those leaders who commit spiritual abuse, physical, emotional, mental, relational, or otherwise. Speak boldly. Speak boldly whenever you've been slandered unreasonably. Speak boldly whenever you have been maligned with mistruth. Speak boldly whenever jealousy is the drive behind decisions and discussions. Do not cower in fear. There will be there will be things that result because of your speaking boldly. But speak boldly. In fact, here in just a minute, we're going to see the result of what happens whenever Paul and Barnabas speak boldly. So, back to our verse. Then Paul and Barnabas speak out boldly, and they declare, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles, for the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you alike to the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas say, you've had your chance. We're done. The jealousy from the almost crowd, the misaligned nature, the mistruth, the slander of the almost crowd pushing back. Paul and Barnabas say, you know what? You've had your chance. We're done. Sometimes walking away is the holiest thing that you can do. 
Sometimes leaving them in God's hands is the best thing that you can do. You cannot continue to pour antidote into a vat of toxic poison and expect that vat of toxic poison to be anything other than lethal. You have the antidote. You are the antidote. Your truth, God's truth. Paul had the antidote. Barnabas had the antidote. Many people took the antidote. But you know what? That almost crowd. Sometimes you just got to walk away. Sometimes the godliest thing that you can do is walk away. And that's not the easiest thing to do. Really, I, I think that that's the hardest thing to do. The most difficult thing to do is to walk away. It's like many people who say divorce in some ways is worse than death because there's so much unresolved. There's the person still there, as is the pain. And so oftentimes what we'll do is we'll try to stay. We'll try to stay in a toxic situation, in a toxic religious circle. We'll try to stay around toxic people thinking we'll change them or that's what God wants us to do. And it's fatalism. It's throwing ourselves on an altar of futility. It's sacrificing ourselves on the altar of futility. And God does not require that of you. Speak boldly. And at the end of the day, walk away. I've made you a light to the Gentiles. God says to Paul, I've given you bigger and greater things to accomplish than, than being in the weeds with this almost crowd. Other people need you. Other people need salvation. To the farthest corners of the earth, they need to hear the good news. Go to where the people are who will listen. Stop throwing your pearls to swine. Stop wasting your energy on the futile pursuit of trying to give antidote to a vat of toxicity. Not every church is a vat of toxicity. Not every religious person or circle is a vat of toxicity. I wish I could say there weren't any out there. But there are some. Shake the dust off your feet. Boldly say what God has given you to say and to do and, and then move on. Greater things are in store for you. And he has much larger needs for you to accomplish. Well, when the Gentiles heard this, that Paul was now going to begin to take the message of Jesus beyond just Jewish synagogues, that he was going to broaden out his message and his directives and his vision beyond just this limited thing that he had had in the beginning. When the Gentiles hear this, they were glad and they thanked the Lord for his message and all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. More people came to Christ because Paul says, I'm done. So the Lord's message spread throughout the entire region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. Part deux. They weren't done. No. Evil will continue to press forward until it reaches the gates of heaven, and God at last and at long says, done forever.
But until that day come, hell will continue to try to prevail against you and God and the message of Jesus Christ. And it will continue to try to prevail against you and God and the message of Jesus Christ. It will continue to happen. Don't be surprised when there is a second wave and a third wave of crap. I wanted to use a different word. Of crap that comes your way of slander, of jealousy, of hate, of anger. You see, whenever whenever you don't allow people to control your actions or your words, and Paul and Barnabas weren't the kind of people to allow others to control their actions and their words, whenever you speak boldly against it, others will double down. So don't be surprised whenever there's a second wave and a third wave and whenever it just keeps coming, which is which is why sometimes the holiest thing you can do is just walk away. So there it is. Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet as a sign of rejection, and they moved on. And I can tell you, though I won't bore you with the stories, I can tell you that more than once I have shaken the dust off my feet as a sign of rejection and walked away. And it was always the best decision that I ever made. And then they went on to the town of Iconium, and I love this, and the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Those who were in tune with the Spirit of God, they were changed. No matter how much dirt you get in your feet, sometimes there are some people in the almost crowd who, y'all, if God can't change them, you aren't going to. Shake the dust off your feet. Speak boldly. And just know, God has a bigger plan for you, no matter what that almost crowd says. Don't believe what they have to say about you and about God's plan for you. They're just jealous. Let the slander continue. You have greater things. This Bible study on Perspective Shift is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, we've got a resource box that we want to send you in the mail as our thanks. Trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners, as well as the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on Perspective Shift. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, well, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.